My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is Three Reasons to Speak in Tongues. I'll tell you where I'm getting this message from. I'm getting this message from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where they talk about speaking in tongues for the first five verses of that chapter. Now, uh, I'll tell you why not a lot of preachers, including myself, don't talk about this very often, mainly for two reasons. Number one, people who do not understand these things or people who are new to church will think we are crazy if they walk into this building and they hear everyone speaking in an unknown language. You say, well, how do you know? Well, because I've brought friends before and they've looked at me like, what in the world is going on? Secondly, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 23, it says, they will think, and I quote, think you are crazy. And so if you're a guest here today and you're thinking that we're crazy for even talking about this, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Just hear me out. Nothing's going to happen that's going to make you feel uncomfortable, I promise. But the other reason why pastors do not talk about this subject is we are well aware that most people don't carry a lot of value in speaking in tongues because their primary focus is they just want to be saved. Speaking in tongues is not a value. And so because of that, we emphasize salvation and we ignore many of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, now it's true, you do not need to speak in tongues to go to heaven. You don't need to. Uh, you are saved by faith, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, and Romans 10, 9. However, there are certain things that you will never receive if you do not speak in tongues. There, there is a certain authority that you have when you speak in tongues that you do not have if you do not speak in tongues. And so I'm going to unpack that. I've got three reasons why. There are more, but we're just going to unpack three. Are you guys ready? Say yes. All right, here we go. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. It says this, pursue spiritual gifts. The next few verses, by the way, are 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. It says, pursue spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Actually, it says this, pursue um, yeah, pursue spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For those of you who have the ability to speak in tongues, people are not able to understand you because you are talking to God. You are speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is all mysterious. Everybody say mysterious. One, two, three. Real loud, one, two, three. So when you're speaking in tongues, you don't know what you're saying and the people around you do not know what you're saying. Verse three, those who prophesy, they strengthen one another. They encourage one another. They comfort one another. Verse four, those of you who speak in tongues, you strengthen yourself while those who speak in 
those who prophesy, they strengthen the entire church. Verse 5. I wish you all spoke in tongues. Even more so, I wish that you prophesied. For prophecy is greater than tongues unless there is someone there to interpret so that everyone in the church may be strengthened. There are three reasons why we should speak in tongues. Number one is about mysteries. Number two is because it's how we war. And number three, it's how we strengthen ourselves. Let's unpack it one by one. When you speak in mysteries that you do not understand, you are asking for things that you do not know exists. Watch this. All of you know this scripture, even if it's your first time in church, you'll know this scripture. Uh, it's in James 4.2. I want you to say it real loud. You have not because you... Real loud. One, two, three. You have not because... All right. What that's saying is you have not because you ask not. <laughs> there are things that God has that if you do not ask for them, you will not receive them. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, it says this. He is able to give you things that you cannot imagine. So how do you ask for things that you cannot imagine? That's mysterious. Unless you speak in mysteries, you cannot ask for things that are in mysteries. Wouldn't it be a shame to find out that there were so many things that God had available to you, but you never asked for them? And then your pushback would be, well, I didn't know they were available. But this is where gifts come in. Let me use a personal example. Uh, when I was, uh, let me think, I, I think I was 21 years old. I was living up in Rockford, Illinois. And I was asking God, I want to meet the one. I'm tired of, of getting dumped by girls. And I'm, I'm tired of, not, of, of wasting my time. Uh, I, I really want to meet the one. Well, the pastor's wife, she became my mother in the Lord. Uh, her name is Jeannie Mayo. She went to go speak at a conference in Vancouver, Canada. It was a huge conference. There were seven or 8,000 people there. And so they assigned a young girl to drive her around. When she got in the car, she said, Frankie, when I got in the car, I looked at her. And if I heard the Lord correctly, he told me this one's for Frankie. And so I said, Red Rover, Red Rover, <laughs> bring that girl right over. And so she brought her down just to spend some time with her. When I saw her, I was sitting in the back of the church. I saw her come walking in. Obviously, I was waiting for her. When I saw her walk in, I grabbed a tithe and offering envelope. And I wrote on the back of it, because those are for notes, right? I wrote on, I wrote on the back of it to my friend, I'm going to marry that girl. Three days later, we were dating. It's almost been 20 years. We have three kids. Two dogs and six chickens to boot. Now, what I didn't mention in that story is I was getting so frustrated. I would just say, God, send the one, send the one. And every time I said, send the one, I would start speaking in tongues. 
I would start speaking in tongues. I, I, I did not have the wherewithal. I didn't have the imagination to say, God, is there a girl in Vancouver, Canada that would be right for me? Would you send somebody from our church up to Vancouver, Canada to find the girl that will be right for me? My imagination never went there. It never went there. When you pray for things in the spirit, you ask for things that you cannot imagine. Now, there is a lie from the enemy that I want to shoot and kill. Here's the lie. The lie sounds like this. Whatever I'm supposed to have, I will have. Whatever I'm not supposed to have, I won't have. That is crazy. That's not even biblical. That is absolutely crazy. Uh, I'll tell you why. In um, There's so many verses. Uh, let's try uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. You cannot please God without faith. For anyone who comes to him must believe two things. Number one, that he exists. Number two, that he rewards those who diligently seek him. He rewards those who diligently seek him. What if you raise your hand right now and go, what if I don't diligently seek him? Can I still be rewarded? No! In, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, it says, When you pray, go alone by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to your Father in secret. Your Father who sees everything will reward you. Okay, but what if I don't pray to him in secret? Will I still be rewarded? No! That's not the arrangement. So don't tell yourself, hey, if I'm supposed to have it, I'm going to have it. No, if you're supposed to have it, ask for it, then you'll receive it. You have not because you ask not. Everybody say, I got it. Yes. Oh, you sound good. <laughs> Number two, when you speak in tongues, when you pray in the spirit, you are fighting for things that God has promised you. You are fighting for your prayer request to be manifested. You're fighting for that. You say, I don't need to fight for it. Yes, you do. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, Daniel was praying and praying and praying. And all of a sudden, an angel showed up right before him, which would totally freak me out. And he got freaked out. But he's looking at this angel, and the angel said, the moment you started pray, uh, praying, God sent me. But I got caught up in the heavenlies. See, a, a devil saw the angel coming with a blessing and the devil flew up and started fighting him in the air to keep the angel from coming to Daniel. And the more Daniel prayed, the more momentum the angel received. In fact, the angel called for the archangel Michael. To, Michael's a bad guy. He came flying down to help. What if Daniel would have stopped praying? What if he would have stopped? In, uh, oh, uh, what's the verse I want to share? What's the verse I want to share? I'll come back to it when it comes to my mind. Not only are you fighting, oh, that's what it was. No, nope, I forgot it again. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back to me in a minute. Not only are you fighting for yourself, but you're also fighting for people that you love. You're fighting for them. That's why in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, pray in the spirit at all times, especially for the believers 
everywhere. Uh, I, I remember, anyone here grew up in the 90s? Raise your hand if you grew up in the 90s. Some, some of you grew up in the 60s and, and you don't remember the 90s because you just smoked weed while you were... <laughs> I'm just kidding. So... In the 90s, this was the coolest thing you could do with your life, is, is walk around with a bandana. Um, anybody remember New Kids on the Block? <laughs> so uh, that was the thing. You walk around with a bandana on. And um, I can't put it too tight because I'm bald. When I take it off, I'm going to have a ring around my head. <laughs> yeah, it's a halo. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, we would walk around. If we played basketball, we played with a bandana on. When I went out with my friends, I'd put a bandana on. I had like 17 different colors. One night, I was out late, real late, too late, running the streets with some friends that I should not have been with. I got home at like 3 or 4 in the morning. When I woke up, I was living with my grandma and grandpa at the time. My grandma came walking up to me and she said, Frankie? The Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night, and I've been praying in the Spirit for you all night long. Where were you last night, and what were you doing? And I said, nothing. I never forgot that moment, because she was praying in the Spirit for her grandson, because she didn't know I was in trouble, but the Spirit did. And she was praying for me in a way that she could not pray for me in English because she didn't know where I was or what I was doing. Can I just tell you, my grandma is 90 years old now. She's still alive. She's strong. But the baton has been passed to me. The baton has been passed to you. Who's praying for your kids in the spirit? If you have children, you're the one who's praying in the spirit for them. It's not your grandma's job, it's your job. You say, I can pray in English. There must be something that you're doing in the spirit that you cannot do in English if he says, pray in the spirit at all times. There must be something going on in the supernatural that you cannot do in English. Again, I'm not talking about salvation. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you have an address in heaven. We're not talking about heaven or hell. We are talking about whether or not you are winning on this earth or whether you're fighting by yourself. That's what we're talking about. Are you with me? Say yes. The third point, I just, uh, the third point is you strengthen yourself. You strengthen yourself. Um, it, I just mentioned it. It's in 1 Corinthians 14. It says, when you speak in tongues, you strengthen yourself. Now, what about you needs to be strengthened? Well, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, Jesus looked at the disciples and they said, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Your spirit is willing, your spirit is strong, but your flesh is weak. When you speak in tongues, you don't make your spirit stronger. It's already strong. You already want to do the things of God. You already love God. It's actually fleshing it out that's the trouble. 
It's actually when you back up and you are facing an area that you are weak in. If you fight depression, you can say, don't be depressed. Don't be depressed. Don't be depressed. If you fight fear or anxiety, you can say, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be. You can say that all day long. You can make all the stands you want to. But your flesh is weak. I remember going back to high school, running around with the days with the bandana. I would say, Frankie, don't ever do that again. Do it. Don't do it again. Do not. That will be the last time you do it. Don't ever do that again. You can say that over and over again. But when your flesh is weak, there's only one way to make it strong. And that's to pray in the spirit. That's to pray in the spirit. If you do not pray in the spirit, you will fight the same weaknesses your entire life. Your entire life. You say you're depressed when you're 7 years old, 17 years old, 27 years old, 37 years old, 47. I don't need to speak in tongues. I'm going to go to heaven. Yes, you are. But you need to speak in tongues to strengthen yourself. To strengthen yourself. I don't know about you. I I know that as long as I'm on this earth, I'm going to fight battles. I know that. I just don't want to fight the same ones over and over and over again. Are you with me? Say yes. So how does somebody start speaking in tongues if they don't right now? I'm so glad you asked. First of all, you have to ask. You have to ask. In in Luke chapter uh, 11 verse 13, it says... You parents, if you're sinful, but yet you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the, whole, will, the, will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, many times we've memorized that verse out of Matthew seven eleven. Where it says, you being sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children. But your father in heaven, how much more does he know how to bless you for those of you who ask? But if you read the, the other version in Luke, it's not saying bless you. It's saying give you the Holy Spirit. Can you have the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues? Yes. You need both. You need the Holy Spirit and you need to be able to speak in tongues. I have a a mentor in my life. He said, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 18 years old, but I didn't start speaking in a prayer language till I was 28. Now, I just chased a rabbit that I didn't need to chase. But know this, if you want to receive it, ask for it. Ask for it. Number two, you have to go for it. You have to get alone with God and say, I want that, Lord, help me. And then you say, I love you, Jesus. And then you, the next word, the next syllable that you say needs to be a syllable you don't know. And then another syllable. And then if you start speaking English again, just back up and start again. If you start speaking English again, back up and start again. I I, I used to play golf with this this guy who knew Spanish. He he was from Mexico. He knew Spanish. And every time he'd hit the ball, he'd go, Bajarito. 
Which, am I saying that right? Is it? Bajajito? Okay, so if, <laughs> if I pronounce it right, it means birdie, okay? If I pronounce it. So he would hit the golf ball and he would shout, Bajarito. Is, is that right? I wanted to be able to say it like him because it was so cool. And so I'd line up and I'd say it and, and it would always be wrong, just like it is right now. It doesn't mean that I stopped trying to say it. Are you with me? And now it becomes an issue of desire. Do I keep on going forward to try to say the word? Well, it has everything to do with my desire level. If my desire, I really don't, I'll just say birdie in English. Who cares? Desire level is low. If my desire level is high, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep on trying until I get it. You, the Spirit of God is in you. The only thing you need is to be able to speak the language that comes from the inside out. The question is, it's a desire level. Now, I have to admit, children and teenagers have a much easier time than adults. Because adults analyze everything. Everything, 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 everything. And this is a supernatural this is supernatural. Now, time out for a second. Let me take a commercial break. Why am I talking about this stuff? Why don't I just be like Dr. Phil and tell you three ways to influence people? <laughs> Why don't I just, how to win friends and influence people? And tell you three poems and a story and make everybody laugh and then cry. And then I'll see you next week. Why am I telling you this stuff? Because you are not walking into this room without problems. You are just like me. You have worries. You have concerns. You have problems. We all have issues. And if all I do is make you laugh, make you cry, make you laugh and send you home, I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. And you might have a good time on Sunday morning. You might have a good time in here listening to an entertaining person or watching some entertaining, cool singers. But if you do not know how to war in the spirit, everything that keeps you up at night will continue to keep you up at night. You have to learn to war in the spirit. And if you don't know how to war, that doesn't mean that you don't have to war. It just means you're not going to win. Are you with me? Say yes. I, I, I have, while I was praying this morning in my office, I was reminding myself that there are people all around us that have problems that we know nothing about. You don't know anything about mine and I don't know anything about yours. And what are we going to do about it? Are we going to come in here and put our church mask on and sing our favorite songs and laugh at a preacher and then walk out and cross our fingers? That is not going to work. You know it and I know it. We have certain concerns, certain worries, certain fears, certain anxieties, certain physical ailments that if a miracle doesn't happen, our ship is sunk. The common denominator between everybody in this room is we all need a miracle. 
Every single one of us needs a miracle. It might look different. It might be in a different area, but we all need a miracle. And if we do not know how to fight for the miracle, if we do not know how to war in the spirit, my friends, we are going to lose more than we win. Here's the last thing I want to say. When you are able to say syllables that you do not know over and over and over and over again like a spool of thread let that be your confirmation that you're not making it up because you couldn't do that they can't come out that fast even if they sound like you're saying the same word over and over again just run with it run with it because that is the season of life that you're in when your season changes you'll notice your dialect will change and please this is the last thing I want to say when you receive that gift, do not stop using it. In First, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, fan into a flame the gift that you received. Do you receive that today? Come on, put your hands together. Do you receive that? Let me, let me remind you of the things that the supernatural does. When we believe in God, when we trust in God, when we believe for things that we cannot see, let me remind you of the things that happen. Take a look at this. I was in church and Pastor Tomkey called up a lady named Shelby that had been healed of deafness in her left ear. And when she finished, he said, I think there's still someone here who is deaf in their left ear. Well, that's me. <laughs> And I had been since the late 80s. He had Shelby pray for me. And it was immediate. So he had her whisper her middle name in my ear, in my left ear. I plugged my right ear to make sure that I couldn't hear her through that. And her middle name is Renee. <laughs> and it has just been wonderful not to have to keep turning my head to hear like I had been for ages. He also had a word of knowledge that someone was having pain in their neck and then he added to it and said that it's affecting your left arm. That was neat. <laughs> so along with several people, I think they were like four or five of us that went down. He came by and put his hand on my neck and prayed for me. It just went away. And it was at a point I could barely use my left hand because it was such an intense pain. And it's gone, praise God. <laughs> Everyone here, please stand to your feet for me, please. And if all the prayer partners can come down, if they would. I talked about a gift of speaking in tongues. And there's another gift called a word of knowledge that is, is uh, in full transparency, is new for me. I've only been exercising it for the last maybe two years. What I've realized is when I, I, I take a risk and I, I exercise it, sometimes I'm accurate and sometimes I'm not. 
a word of knowledge is different from a word of prophecy. A word of prophecy is when God tells me or tells you what he wants to do in the future. A word of knowledge is when he tells me or tells you what he wants to do right now. And I'm emphasizing tells me or tells you because there's Romans 2.11 says he has no favorites. So if I'm operating in a gift, you can operate in a gift. But a lot of times during this moment of the service, I whisper to the Lord, what, what do you want to do? And I'll have this impression of somebody that needs to be healed in a particular area, like the testimony that you just saw. And I say it out loud and if I'm right and I did hear from God, somebody in the audience will raise their hand and say, that's, that's me. And the person will come down and I'll pray for them right here. They, they don't get embarrassed. I'm not going to embarrass you. You just, I turn my microphone off and I walk down and I pray for you and that's it. If I'm right and someone raises their hand, the probability of them getting completely healed is very, very high. If I'm wrong and nobody raises their hand, then I get to look at you all and say, I'm sorry, I thought that was from God. And it wasn't. Now, last week, I said something and nobody raised their hand. I think it was during the third service. And so I looked at everybody and said, I'm sorry, I missed it. And we got an email the next day that said that someone online was watching. And so I want you as you're watching online to know that I'll look at everybody and say, hey, I missed it because I don't want some safety net to make myself feel okay by saying, if I miss it in this room, they're definitely online, right? Like, I, I don't want to, I just want to own it and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I missed it. The only thing I ever ask at this moment of the service is two things. The only thing I ever ask is two things. I ask for two things at this moment. Number one, that if I say the ailment that I'm being impressed to pray for that you would raise your hand and come down here. Don't wait for me out in the lobby because I'll still pray for you, but you robbed everybody in this sanctuary of having a moment of faith where their faith has an opportunity to rise because they just saw a gift and they just saw the confirmation of the gift and then next week they get to see or the week after that they get to see a testimony now so many testimonies come in every week that we can't show them all but number two if you get healed at celebration church and you do not tell us shame on you because the bible says do not touch the glory of god if you do not give him glory you're holding it to yourself you're touching his glory that would be as guilty as if I said, 
The only reason why somebody got healed is because I prayed for him. Now I'm touching his glory and I can get shot down with a bolt of lightning for talking like that. You have to give him glory and I have to stay away from the glory. Does that make sense? So I've got two thoughts. First one is scoliosis of the spine. Does anyone have scoliosis in their spine? Okay, come here. I want to pray for you, both of you. Come down here. You, come down here. This is going to be a a terrific day. Come on down here, Pam. This is going to be a beautiful day. The second one is um, a shoulder. You can't raise your, your hand above your head because of your right shoulder. Not the left shoulder, right shoulder. Who is it? Is it you? Beautiful. Anyone else? Anyone else? If you have a need for anything else in your life, I promise you, more people. Did someone else? Is there someone else with the shoulder? Right shoulder? All right, come here. If it's left, don't raise your hand. I want you to pray with a prayer partner. I just want to pray for the people that I have an impression for. Now know this, the prayer partners see more miracles than I do. You just need to know that. Partially because I'm outnumbered, okay? (laughs) So whatever you need, I want you to come down here and pray with a prayer partner. Maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your finances. Please, nobody leave the service until we sing this song at least two times through. You can turn down the lights, raise your hands right where you're at. Begin to visualize the Lord. And after we sing it two times through, it's open dismissal. I love you, Lord. Come on, let's worship. Him.